Well, good morning to our uh, many listeners. We're hoping we're uh, slowly building a following, which is which is fantastic. We're uh, using a, uh, a software program that uh, hosts our podcast called Buzzsprout, and that's telling us we've had up to 200 downloads. So we're very, very excited. So good morning, Bill. Good morning, Mark. Yes, it is. And uh, it says I sit here. Uh, today we're coming from uh, Mark's office down in Ocean Grove. And as I look out the window, I can see uninterrupted view of the ocean from Point Lonsdale to, would it be down the other side, Torquay? The or Bluff. So? The Bluff. The, the Bluff. So, uh, yes, it, would, it certainly is a nice place to have an office. So what I thought we'd do today, Mark, is just talk around a couple of general issues because in recent times you've been doing the mentoring through the Geelong Chamber of Commerce that's sponsored by the state government and I know that you've been dealing with a number of mentees and on the other side I've been doing the judging on the Geelong Excellence Business Awards and I've also been doing some mentoring for the Irish Australian Chamber of Commerce. So my thoughts were that we could just talk about some of our experiences and some observations that we we can make uh, dealing with such a wide variety of business owners. It's a good idea, Bill, because um, there seems to be, just in our conversations over the last week, um, some common threads that are falling through the businesses you're, you're judging and the businesses that I've been mentoring. So we thought, what a good idea just to have a, a chit-chat between ourselves. Uh, we have got more guests booked in over the uh, the coming weeks, so it's not all about us. We'd rather you hear about other people, but we thought this would uh, just be of interest to uh, those of you uh, that are running businesses. So, Bill, what what's uh, some of the key issues that are popping up when you're chatting to businesses when you're in the Geelong Small uh, Geelong Business Excellence Award judging? Well, I, the uh, most common thing is that they've well, obviously they've all survived COVID. That's that's been the main thing, and that's how they've ended up being a finalist. But during uh, COVID, and now we're one year, I think, from the worst of COVID, uh, they mostly have reinvented themselves. They've embraced the internet, they've embraced social media, um, they've got into a stage now where they're suddenly all uh, talking about how they're looking after their people, how important health and welfare is with their people, and some have even got 100% of staff back in the office. Some are still operating remotely. Uh, and, though, and some have been able to branch out and actually sell more effectively overseas, which has been encouraging. That's good. So what, what were some of the issues that um, they've struck with staffing? Well, staffing during COVID, as, you, as we all know, uh, you couldn't go back into the office on most occasions. But now in 2022, or in uh, August 2022, there's still the issue of a lack of, of available staff if you're looking to fill positions. And then there is that added issue of people are still getting sick and it's been a double-edged sword with COVID and the flu. Uh, but it's interesting, in, in one of the businesses I judged just recently where they've got 30 staff and it's an IT company, it's in a bit of a re- remote location. It's uh, on a farm, actually, and there's a large office being built there that uh, 100% of the staff want to be in the office. 
and it's and you walk into that office and they're, they're in fact they're a bit crammed in in my opinion but and they're all working away and they they've created a real team and family a- atmosphere but you know through this coming back to work and I even noticed that one of the ladies there had two dogs under a desk at work so they're sort of they realize that it's being a family and it's getting people back to work but in other particularly in manufacturing though that's where the real issues are and if you've got an engineering company you can't get skilled trades your boiler makers fitters um, welders and that is a huge issue in that area in construction there is a lack of project managers and project managers are getting um, pinched from the opposition but their people are moving for the sake, you know, they're getting an offer, well, come over here and we'll pay you an extra $25,000 a year. So production lines, process lines, baristas, hospitality industry, they're the ones that are really suffering. And I don't think there's an end in sight right right now. It's uh, interesting because um, we had uh, Libby Coker, the member for Kerangamite, address the Ocean Grove Business Association and uh, a lot of the questions that the group had or feedback for Libby to take um, back to the uh, the powers that be in Canberra were hinged on this uh, job summit that's coming up uh, next month, next week, I think. And uh, a lot of discussion around um, changing the rules around pensioners working and losing their pension if they work over a certain amount. The argument being, why wouldn't you allow somebody to work because they possibly could end up paying tax and why would you trim the pension on them just because they were earning some money? And uh, a couple of people in the in the room who had people who were in their late 60s who were on the pension but working the minimal hours just to keep interested but desperately wanted to do more hours but didn't want to lose their pension. So I think that's another sort of real, real um, impetus, if you like, in getting people back to work because there is a whole dare we say, grey army out there that would like to come back to work but obviously don't want to risk things. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, yesterday I was on a Zoom meeting of uh, about 30 people here in Geelong. Uh, we are members of the G21 Economic Development Pillar. At a Zoom call I was on yesterday with a number of people in Geelong, uh, somebody asked the question... Do you know anybody in Geelong that's going to the summit in Canberra? And of the group on that Zoom call, no one knew of anyone going. So my fear is that it might be just another talk fest. But anyway, let's stay positive and hopefully something comes out of it. The So yeah, the whole issue of uh, staff is, is, as I said before, is going to be with us for a while. And I don't think there's any easy option or anybody with an idea that can be acted on within the immediate future i'll tell you one thing that uh, that i've i've noticed bill is there's a definite uh flushing out if you like of those operators that um, never used to pay super or only wanted to pay ten dollars an hour and i'll pay you cash and you know people have realized they can earn some good money working properly and I, I, I'm, I'm slightly hopeful that it's flushing out the, the, the people that wrought the system because uh, with a shortage of staff, people are going to go and find the people that look after them. And um, 
and I think that's very much part of the, the landscape going forward. As, as managers, leaders, owners of businesses, you need to look after your people and uh, that means paying them properly, paying the super correctly and uh, training them properly. Well, Mark, that's interesting. Another a, a small side effect of COVID, of course, is the increased use of credit cards. And uh, I've talking to a couple of operators recently in the hospitality industry, and they said that from a cash point of view, there is no cash. <laughs> they don't get any cash. And I think by uh, by uh, chance, that's probably snuffed out some of the ability to, to make those cash payments. Actually, it's interesting. Yeah. We uh, we went to the farmer's market locally here on the weekend and one stall out of, I think, the 30 or 40 stalls that were there had a sign-up that said cash only and they were selling fruit and veg. And I think for every customer that bought something there, there was a customer that walked away because nobody had the cash. They all were looking for someone with a square that they could just tap their credit card on. So um, I was dying to say to the business owner, who was a very old, grumpy person, um, you're missing out on a huge business here, thinking that you're being clever in avoiding GST or tax. But anyway, that's up to them. Yeah, that's right. Everyone to their own. Another issue I'd like to uh, address, which I've been hearing a fair bit about and as I've been moving around uh, with businesses, I've been asking the questions about their cost structure and their cost base because you know, inputs into any business are going through the roof. And, you know, a, a very trite example, for instance, is a coffee shop I go to was $5, now he's $5.50. And reality, he might need to go to $6 for a cup of coffee if he's really monitoring his costs. And not a lot of people are... Business owners are monitoring their costs correctly. The and if you take someone that's baking bread, for instance, the average cost of a loaf of bread has gone up by thirty cents. And if you are selling hundreds of loaves of bread or thousands of loaves of bread, and you haven't raised your prices, that's coming straight off your bottom line. The other big cost increase, and we've heard a lot about the construction industry is everything you're buying into your business is going up. And a lot of smaller business owners are not checking their invoices uh, when paying their bills. And you need to go back, check your invoice, and check it against the price you originally negotiated for that. And I can guarantee you that every time you look at an invoice, there's actually been a cost increase that you don't know about. And that that's very true, Bill. That's that's something that's popped up with some of the businesses that I've been mentoring. Um, they just accept the increase that comes through on the invoice. And I've been saying to them, no, don't. Go back, have a look at what the increase is. Because within anything where they, there's talk of inflation, people will try and profit a little bit better off it. So it's, it's good to go back to the business and say, look, I understand it going up by 5%, but I don't understand it going up by 25% and push back. Um, if you don't ask, you won't receive. And it's really important that you're checking all your invoices, all your costs. Uh, energy suppliers, go and look on the. There's so many compare websites these days. Go and compare your energy cost because you can get better deals. And, and they rely on the fact that you don't go and check that you get locked into a, a bad deal. Well, I think energy costs are the biggest issue. One of my advices to uh, business owners, and I used to do this many years ago, uh, is that take a photo of your meters. 
you know, at the beginning of the billing period, go and take a photo. At the end of the billing period, go and take another photo of, of your meter. And then compare that to what you're actually charged. Some of you might get a surprise. And I have a, at the other end of the scale, in a large, very large, or large, when I say a large business, you know, an $80 million business, is that they use a lot of power. And they discovered by, by accident, I think, really, is that their contract with the electricity company had expired and they'd been put onto the default tariff and they didn't know. And uh, that increase in cost by going back to that default tariff was $175,000. Now they're trying to get their money back, but it's too late. They can't do it. And, and that, that's the reason you need to check and you definitely need to go and use the Compare the Markets and, and all those sort of websites. Key in all your details of your, uh, of your electricity, upload a bill or two bills and, and, and see what it pops up. The other thing too is don't be uh, forgetful of the things that are happening, the state government subsidising uh, solar panels, etc. So even if you're in a rented premise with the con- working with your landlord, there's nothing stopping you getting solar panels on the roof. I know lots of local businesses here that have done that. And uh, they're then reaping the benefits of uh, reduced electricity costs. But on the same token, they're making sure that their lease is extended out to make sure it covers the, uh, the term that they want to have, so a 10-year type lease, so that they, uh, the landlord doesn't say in a year's time, thanks very much, and they've got the benefit of all these solar panels on the roof. So um, Look, just be I, careful. I think the hard lesson, or hard lesson and important lesson here is for business owners is don't be afraid to put your prices up. Now, I know everyone's screaming about the cost of living, but it's a fact of life. So uh, unless your business is the Red Cross and you're going to give to charity, it's coming off your bottom line and you're losing out on profit. So just a couple other things that um, that have struck me over the last few months with, um, with the business mentoring through the, uh, the VECI Geelong Chamber of Commerce and the state government um, support is the number of businesses that have a reasonably ordinary Facebook site. Um, they don't use it as efficiently as they should. They don't really look at it to, uh, to see what's being posted up. Some of them have fantastic reviews, but they're ignoring those reviews when they should be at least acknowledging them at the very least. Um, websites. Um, there's nothing funnier in my mind to have, have someone say, yes, I've got a website and it was done by my cousin's brother's auntie's sister's son uh, and I can't get them to update it because they've disappeared. Um, you, you need to use a good website p- provider. And if you want to do your own, then there's some great websites like Weebly and Wix that will allow you to get up and running and at least have a more professional feel to it than somebody who just sort of sits there and puts something roughly together really important that that you've got that web presence it doesn't have to be massive if you're just wanting a landing page but at least it helps people find your business and the other aspect of that is your google site you know when you go looking for a business um, have you claimed your google address and where you are and where you're located and, and photos of your business or whatever just to make sure that anybody who's looking for you can find you and the other thing that's popped up recently, Bill, is uh, is the uh, AUDA, which uh, um, deals with domain names and addresses, has now um, released the fact you can be .au. What that means is instead of having truebusinessstories.com.au, you can have truebusinessstories.au. 
and businesses have up until the 20th of September, I think it is, to claim their .au. Um, you obviously got to pay the, the, the fee to, to get the domain uh, address. But if you don't, uh, in the new year or later this year, somebody else could come along and take truebusinessstories.au and then create their own website and go off in a different direction. So worth looking at that you've got those websites. And they're not expensive to grab. I think, Bill, you've registered a couple. Well, only this week um, I registered truebusinessstories.com, truebusinessstories.com.au and truebusinessstories.au. And, and what I did think that cost, cost you? $48, I think, all up. Yeah. Now, for a year, two years? Well, two of them were for year. .com, I think I had to do for two years for memory. But I've done that with my other websites as well to get that dot, dot .au. And I'm letting anyone who I've dealt with uh, in recent times, um, I've sent them out a notice to go and follow it up because it is important. It is important. And... Uh, there's lots of uh, people that uh, trespass on uh, domain names and try and make money out of it, so, so be aware. So, Bill, just um, to, I suppose, wrap up, um, let's have a bit of a chat about a couple of businesses that we've bumped into that are doing it right. One thing I've, I struck this week, I was at two different businesses, um, uh, and I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning. One was Urbis and one was Pixeled, and both of them have new uh, office setouts, and both deliberately setting them up to be comfortable, to attract staff back to the office, and are really well done. In fact, I was blown away by both of them. Uh, one's in Mallop, uh, Pixels in Mallop Street, and uh, Urbis is in uh, James Street in, uh, in Geelong. Beautifully set up, nicely kitted out, all focused on getting people back to work in a good environment. So um, very impressive. Well, in the judging of the finalists of the Business Awards over the last two weeks, uh, unfortunately, I can't name them at the moment, but I saw a spectacular office. Brand new, uh, really well thought out. Um, it's I haven't seen anything like it before, and it's all built around the welfare of the employees. And this is, you know, when we talk about what are people doing right, what am I noticing is that huge focus on health and welfare. You know, and if you don't have a focus for your staff on health and welfare, um, it's really you're, you're lacking in the ability to maintain your staff. You know, uh, a staff turnover is uh, higher than it should be. But interesting enough, I recently read an article about a company, large business in America, that over the last three years has had a 98% retention rate of staff over that period of time. And when you go and read about what they're doing, it's all about the focus on the health and welfare, the team environment, the you know turning it into a family environment, and it's always been employees first. And I think that's probably a good note to end on. In that, uh, the big tip is look after your people. There's there's no doubt that that will help you get through what is a, a bit of a perfect storm of. Lack of, lack of employment, rising wages, but look after your people. Exactly, Mark. And uh, I've, once again, I've enjoyed doing this commentary, uh, even though we haven't had a guest speaker, uh, but we really do see a lot in our travels around small business. Thanks, Bill.